Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Life 101 with me, your host, Jay Jones Sr. We're coming to you from Studio 1911 in lovely Euclid, Ohio. I hope and pray all is well with you today. Special shout out to my wife now, Ms. D. Williams. We got united on Saturday, July 18th. And I want you all to remember uh, any questions or comments about this podcast can be addressed on my Facebook page, Mr. J. Look for the classic red 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville convertible, and you'll also see a picture of me wearing one of my trademark hats. Then you'll know you got me. And keep it real, y'all. Tell me the truth. You know what I'm saying? I, I need to know how y'all feeling, and give me your feedback because it's greatly appreciated. First out, We'd like to offer our condolences to the family of Congressman John Lewis, who passed away on July 17th. He was known as the Conscious of Congress, and he was a civil rights icon. Excuse me. He spoke out at the March on Washington, and he suffered a flat, fractured skull on Bloody Sunday, which was March 7th, 1965, while marching from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama to secure the right to vote for people of color. There's talk of honoring the late congressman by renaming the Pettus Bridge after him. In my humble opinion, he deserves more than that. Instead of just uh, giving him a bridge and, and sending him on his way, Let's stop the Senate and Congress from further gutting the Voting Rights Act. Let's shore it back up so that all citizens of this great country can exercise their right to vote. Let's work to end this systematic racism that pervades our country, because after all, we are one people. As a matter of fact, as I read a quote from the plain dealer that uh, Congressman Lewis spoke about after the 50-year anniversary of the March on Washington, this is what he said. 50 years later, we can ride anywhere we want to ride. We can stay where we want to stay, he said on that day in August of 2013, excuse me, 2013. Those signs that said white and colored are gone, and you won't see them anymore except in a museum, in a book, or on a video but there are still invisible signs buried in the hearts and humankind that form the gulf between us. Too many of us still believe our differences define us instead of the divine spark that runs through all of human creation. That's real, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Let's honor John Lewis by getting it together and trying to make this world a better place. We need to become as one, y'all. Serious business. Serious business. On that note, my brothers, my sisters, we've got to stop the homicides in our neighborhoods. Too many innocent people are losing their lives to senseless violence. And what really burns me up, and you guys have heard me speak about this before, is the number of innocent children that, being, that are being taken away from us. Please remember, people, when we kill each other, we're killing our own momentum. After the world witnessed the brutal murder of Brother George Floyd, uh, people got to see worldwide how people of color are treated by the police. 
That image was broadcast all over the world. People saw and felt our, felt our pain. They've also joined us in peaceful protests and march. And brothers and sisters, we're not helping our cause by constantly killing one another. And you know what? One of the easiest ways to avoid senseless violence, my people, is by simply walking away. You can't have an argument, you can't have a disagreement if it's only one person that's doing the arguing and carrying on. Like I tell young bucks that I run into now out in the street, I always tell them, be safe out here. And you're not soft because you walk away from some BS. Because on the real, that takes real courage, brothers and sisters, to walk away from some garbage. Because it, 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 that could be the difference in between you living or dying, walking away. And as a youngster, my mother used to always tell us, you ain't no punk because you walk away from trouble. That makes you smarter. And it really does, brothers and sisters. It really does. Because you, you ain't got nothing to prove to people. Prove it to yourself. Put your pride in your back pocket and live another day. And another thing we got to do is avoid places where you know this kind of mess is going to go on. You know, don't, don't go nowhere where you know it's a, a, a bloodbath, you know, where it's going to be someplace where you know it's kind of crazy stuff going on. Avoid it. That's, that's like the old saying about an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure. And that's the truth. And the, and the beautiful thing about this, if you can find something beautiful in this, is that we've got prominent people that are speaking out now in our defense. People like uh, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, and Mark Cuban. And I'd like to read a quote from the manager of the San Francisco Giants, one Gabe Kapler. This is what he said after he was recently spotted kneeling during the national anthem. He said, I wanted to demonstrate my dissatisfaction with our clear systematic racism in our country. And I wanted them to know that they got to make their own decisions and we would respect and support those decisions. I wanted them to feel safe in speaking up. That's, we've, we've got the momentum now, people. We, we've, got, we've got people speaking up from all walks of life who see what's going on. And we're really, really not helping the situation by killing each other. Seriously. When we kill each other people, we're killing our momentum. And, and we, Brother George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, and, and the list that goes on and on and on and on. Let's prove to them that they didn't die in vain. Let's peacefully protest. Stop all the rioting and the looting, you know? And that's only a small number of people. It's always gonna be a few people that try to ruin it for the masses. But folks, we gotta band together and we gotta do this right. If we're trying to make a difference, we're gonna make a difference if we do this united. We're not helping our situation killing each other. Serious business. We got to stop it, y'all. Cause like you always hear me say, if we stop killing each other, maybe they'll stop. 
Maybe they'll stop thinking it's open season on people of color and, and stop trying to hurt us. You know what I'm saying? And, and folks, if you get jammed up, always comply with the officer because you have a better chance of survival if you comply. Don't, don't, don't question or threaten their authority because then you put them in a situation where they have to act and react. And as I've stated before, I've worked with plenty of off-duty police officers. And for the most part, they always tell me the same thing. They say, Jay, we don't want to hassle people. We understand things happen. We're just trying to do our job. And the sad thing is we can't let these few instances where, you know, some of the police go off script. We just got to weed them out and get, them, get rid of them. That's really the real. We got to weed them out and get rid of them. We can't continue to let the bad apples spoil the whole bunch. Seriously. And as I've stated before, I'm all for defunding the police, which means taking some of that money and putting it in programs that are going to help the situation i.e., let's have some job training. Let's have some places where children can go after school, where they can feel safe. That's what we got to do. We got we to change the mindset, people, of our community. You know, we, we, we got to stop all this fussing and fighting because at the end of the day, the turf belongs to us taxpayers. All that other stuff is just stuff, y'all. It's crazy. And we got to do better, people. We got to do better because, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we're only hurting ourselves. We're not helping. We're only hurting ourselves. This is the year 2020, and we're still dealing in the, in the 1940s, 50s, 60s mentality. Got to stop it, y'all. Serious business. Wake up, stop killing each other. Let's use this momentum for the good, okay? Stop killing each other. Let's love on each other. You know, street credit don't mean that much. You know what I'm saying? Because like you always hear me say, you hard when you done paid your bills and you done took care of your home. That's what makes you hard. All that other stuff is just that stuff. Now, uh, unfortunately, we've lost over 146,935 people due to this COVID virus. And I can't stress enough, to combat this COVID, we're going to have to wear our mask, we're going to have to continue social distancing, and we're going to have to only go out when necessary. If that means sacrifice and kicking it or whatever, we got to do it because people, we're still in the first phase of this COVID-19 virus. I mean, we gotta, we gotta find a way to get it under control. And with that being said, I'm, I'm thankful that my children are no longer of school age because I am vehemently opposed to sending our children back to school and we don't have a handle on this virus. If you ask me, it's simply like pouring gasoline on a fire. Because why send children to school, 
to come home and to bring that virus home and, and, and infect their whole households. That don't make good sense to me. You know, I really think that we should keep the schools closed until we have safely combated this virus. We have to use other alternatives. We're, we're the smart, one of the smartest countries in the world. Surely we can come up with a solution to where we can continue to educate our children without putting them in harm's way. You saw what happened after states opened too soon under pressure from Washington because we wanted to get this economy going again. It spiked. We were, we were trying to get it back on the down low. So truth of the matter, I don't, I don't say, my personal thing is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be sending my daughter to school or my son to school right now. And we have to worry about this on college campuses as well. I mean, what's going to happen to the children who, who, who go to school out of state, et cetera, et cetera, and their parents are still left with a staggering bill for college? I really think we should continue to do virtual schooling until we have combated this virus. We really, got, we really got to get our priorities in line and we've got to do something to combat this virus, seriously. And on that note, in the city of Cleveland, we, ha uh, we find that local drugstores such as Rite Aid, CVS, and Walgreens do not offer a sufficient number of testing sites for the city residents. 18 congregations have come together to offer free testing throughout Cuyahoga County. This initiative will bring testing to the urban areas. Check out their website, which is called Greater Cleveland Congregations, and you can reach them at greaterclevelandcongregations.org or their telephone number, 216-785-9844. Once again, it's greatercleveland.congregations.org at 216-785-9844. Contact him today to find out more information because it's going to take a joint massive effort, people, to get this, get this thing under control. We're going to have to do whatever we have to do. And truthfully, I really think we should just, with colleges and schools alike, we should just continue online classes until we've got our children and our people out of harm's way. Because I know it is an inconvenience to parents who have to work, but as a parent myself, I'd rather deal with an inconvenience than deal with having a sick or a dead child. We got to do what we have to do. That's what made this country great. We have always did whatever we've had to do when we had to do it. And this is no exception. This is no exception, people. Seriously. And we're about 100 days out from voting. And what we've got to do is we have got to break up the Washington posse. We've got to break up the family that permeates Washington now. And what I mean is we've got to get rid of all the current administration 
and all the enablers who've done nothing for the last four years but tear this country apart and just divide us. This is the United States of America, not the divided States of America. We gotta get back on track to how we used to be, a country that cared about people and compassion. And we're not talking about just the bottom line and the dollar bill. We need someone who's going to bring this country together, not divide us. We need someone with compassion and integrity. We need a president and a Congress who cares about all the citizens in this world and not just the ones that look like them. We need someone who will exhaust all possibilities to stop a virus that has claimed the lives of 146,935 people. We need people in office who will show remorse and give our scientists and doctors all the help that they need to get this virus under control. Right now, our focus, the president's focus, the Congress and the Senate's focus should be on the health of this nation and not just on the economy of this nation. Because what good is having money if you can't spend it, if you're too sick to go out? I mean, come on now. We got to get our priorities back in line. Seriously, right now, we need to shut this entire nation down. Only go out if necessary. And people, please wear your mask, wash your hands, maintain social distancing. Because those are the things that are working. That's what's going to slow us down, slow it down, and give us a chance to come up with, a, with something that will help eradicate it. We got to start doing what's right, y'all. We, we got to start, you know, using that good old-fashioned American ingenuity like we used to do. You know, this is America. There's no problem we can't handle once we work together. Seriously. We got to just get rid of uh, the president and his ilk, the people in Congress and in the Senate that have enabled him. We, we, you know, seriously, if we can give tax cuts to corporations that really didn't need them, and I, personally, I haven't seen the effects of a trickle-down economy, you know what I'm saying? If we can give tax cuts in the trillions of dollars, you mean to tell me we can't fund this nation until we can get this virus under control? Come on, y'all. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to get to the polls. We need to send the people in Washington, D.C. a clear message. And you know what that message is? Look out for the least of us and all of us, or we will find folks that will. And I want you guys to repeat after me right now, and this is serious. My vote is my voice, and my voice will be heard. Say it one more time. My vote is my voice, and my voice will be heard. As you've heard me state in previous broadcasts, if you don't vote, you don't count. And how dare you complain about the situations that are going on in this country if you haven't done the, 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 
the most fundamental thing that you can do, and that is exercise your right to vote. And to people of color, it's a travesty when you don't go out and vote because we've only had this privilege for the last 55 years. And so many people, just like the late Congressman John Lewis, who were beaten and bloodied so we could get that right. Each and every time you blow it off and say, oh no, nah, my vote ain't gonna make a difference anyway. I'm sorry, but you're spitting in the face you're spitting on the memory of all those who came before us, who marched, who organized, who had water hole, fire hoses unleashed on them and vicious attack dogs and billy clubs and a just racist police state and a racist police force. You're spitting on all their memories for all the things those people endured for us to have the right to vote. It is time. It is serious time to stand up, to be counted, and let your voice be heard. As I've asked last podcast, I'm going to ask you the same thing again. The late President Ronald Reagan said during a debate when he was running for president back in 1980, he asked one question, and I ask that question of you now. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? Are you better off today than you were four years ago? Me personally, I would rather go back to four years ago because uh, what we're dealing with now, it, 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 it's, it's crazy. And we have the science, we have the technology, to get this done. Come on, America. If we can put a man on the moon, if we can look and see what's going on at Mars, then let's get up off our duff and let's make this happen. You know what I'm saying? Let's make this happen. Let's vote. Let's vote. And once again, I'm going back to one of my talking points and I'm going to keep talking about it until something is done about it. The way we're going to turn things around in these streets is we've got to be of one accord. Brothers and sisters, raise your families. Be at home with your children. Stop making excuses. Do the hard work. Chastise your kids when they're wrong. Teach them right from wrong. Hover over them. Be all up in their business. You know what I'm saying? Because it got me to almost 57 years old. And why mess with a winning formula? We got to raise our children. We've got to guide our children. We've got to teach our children right from wrong and stop letting the TV, computers, and video games do it. This world is only going to be a better place if we choose to make it that. Just like you, I stand on the shoulders of many that came before me. 
and the sacrifices that they made, if they were alive now to see how we have turned this into a free for all, and for them to see the, 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 the vein, how vain, the, that, excuse me, for them to see that it almost looks as if their efforts were in vain. Come on, people. We still got enough time to right this ship. The late Michael Jackson said in his song, Man in the Mirror, and it's the truth. If you want to make this world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. That's real, people. That's real. It goes back to fathers being in the house. And if you're not in the house, be an important part of your children's lives. Be there for them. You got along well enough with that mother to lay down and make that baby. Be there with them. Yeah, we all have to go out and work. For over 20 years, I worked two jobs. But you know what? My number one priority was being a dad. See, it don't take none but a few seconds to be a father. It takes a lifetime to be a dad. You know what I'm saying? And sisters, y'all ain't off the hook either because y'all got to start raising your standards and want something more than a thug and somebody that's hard. You got to want more than that because ladies, you're worth more than that. Okay? Stop shortchanging yourselves. Brothers, stop shortchanging yourselves. You know what I'm saying? Our children are what we're going to leave to this world. Do we want our children mired in ignorance and stupidity? Do we want our children thinking the only way to settle our differences is to, is to stick a gun in our waist and go out and shoot somebody and shoot somebody innocently? And y'all young folks, check this out. Y'all ones that's out there perpetrating all this BS. At some point, if God is merciful, you're going to get to my age. And do you want to look back on your life and say that all I devoted my life to was bringing hurt and pain to other people? I would think not. I would think not. Find other things to do. Because guess what? While you out here trying to be hard and tough and all of that and getting locked up, that don't make you hard. That's making you a felon. Do you know that's putting yourself behind the eight ball? Come on, brothers and sisters. Wake up. Wake up. The powers that be love the fact that we killing each other. You know what I'm saying? They love it. We're doing the clans work for them. Stop it. Stop it. Let's get this momentum and ride it to a new way of living. That's what we need to do. Ride it to a new way of living where we get closer to what Dr. King was talking about in his speech on the March on Washington, 
where he said he dreams of a day when his children will be judged, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's the truth. I've always taught my children, carry yourself like something, people will treat you like something. And what I mean is, if you act like you got some sense, people will treat you that way. And I learned that from a sharecropper's daughter, my late great mother, who didn't play. And now that I'm an adult, with children of my own, I look back and I am so grateful. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I am so grateful that my mom cared enough to light my little rump on fire when I got out of line. I am so grateful that in her home, good manners weren't the exception, they were the rule. I am so grateful that excellence was demanded at all times. I am so grateful that she demanded that you go to school and bring good grades home. Otherwise, suffer the consequences. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to that. Now, I'm not saying just go somewhere and just beat the devil out of your children and just beat them to no end, but you discipline your children. Talk to your children. Teach them right from wrong. Give these children something to do. And above everything else, stop being their friend. Stop, be their parents. Because a lot of this wouldn't go on if there was structure at home. Yeah, I know about the parents that get addicted to drugs and the, 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 the parents that are in the, the prison doors, a revolving door and all of that. But on the real tip, people, it's a lot more parents that are doing it right. There are a lot more parents that are demanding excellence from their children. You know, I used to enjoy going with my daughter to parent-teacher night. And I was always so amazed at the number of parents that were there for their children. And I was equally amazed to see the number of fathers, daddies that showed up and that were taking an interest. And it is a true fact that when you show teachers and educators that you care about your children, they're going to care as well. So on the real tip, let's get it together, y'all. There's an old saying that charity starts at home. Well, that's the truth. It does start at home. And we got to make our homes just that again. Don't be trying to keep up with the neighbors. What you want to do is keep your children together. You want to keep your children where they live in another day. Because eventually, all this old craziness is going to die out. It's going to get back to where decency rules. And I hope to be alive to see it. I really do. Take care home, brothers and sisters. That's, if you take nothing else from me today, take care home. And speak up so that we don't have any more George Ford, excuse me, George Floyd's or Breonna Taylor's or Philando Castile 
And forgive me if I pronounce that name wrong or Tamir Rice. We got to matter to ourselves before we'll matter to anybody else. Those are my thoughts for today. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to me. I want to thank you all for allowing me to fulfill my dream. And I'd like to always give shout outs to Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark and his lovely first lady, Pastor Lenore Marie Clark, my pastors at the Body of Christ Assembly. Special love goes out to Bishop Jack Spencer, Pastor Emeritus, and his wife, Missionary Rachel Spencer, and their son, the new pastor of the Pilgrim Temple Church, Elder Daniel Spencer, and his first lady, Jazz Lene Spencer. Shout out goes to Reverend Rena Baker. Thank you again for marrying me and Dee. And to Pastor Gloria Cheney of the Church of the Master. Shout out to you all, much love. And as always, this show is dedicated to my lovely wife, Miss D. Williams, who encouraged me to go after my dream and who believed in me on the many occasions I felt like throwing in the towel. And to my two children, Jay Jones II, and to my daughter, Natalia Desiree, as I always say, if you're listening to this, you're hearing daddy live his dream. And if you work hard, you can live your dream too. And I would be remiss if I didn't give some love to my mother-in-law, Mrs. Rebecca Hogue. Lord, Mrs. Hogue, I hope to be like you when I grow up. Much love to you and thank you for gifting this world with your daughter, Dee. Much love to you, wife of mine. Until next week, y'all take care. Not only love yourself, but love each other as well. Peace. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Life 101 with me, your host, Jay Jones Sr., coming to you from the beautiful Studios 1911. Good morning, it's July 13th, 2020, and how's everybody doing this morning? I'd like to remind you, anytime you have any kind of thoughtful thoughts or comments or criticisms, you can reach me on my Facebook page at Mr. J. Look for the red 1970 classic Cadillac Coupe de Ville convertible. Once you see that, then you know you've got me. And I welcome your responses. Once again, welcome to Life 101, a show where we try to talk about things that'll get you through your everyday life. How's everybody? I hope everybody had a good weekend. I hope everybody survived the weekend. Uh, let's get into it. You know, uh, I was thinking last week I went, on, I went off about how young kids are getting shot and killed, getting caught in the crossfire. And I'm still a little angry about that because you still find people who are just shooting and just shooting at random. And like I said before, they usually don't hit their intended target. 
Uh, Ricky Smiley's daughter is in the hospital now because she got caught in a crossfire in Houston, Texas. People, 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 we got to wake up. We got to stop this unnecessary violence. We got to stop killing each other. You know what I'm saying? You know, we can't be talking about Black Lives Matter when we're killing each other ourselves. But you know, I got a solution to that. Everybody's going crazy talking about defunding the police and all of that. When in essence, all they're going to do is cut a little money towards the police department. I'm not saying to just turn every inner city into a lawless cavern or anything like that, but we gotta find programs that are effective, that'll keep children off the streets and keep, keep, keep police from having to be as overworked as they are. And one thing, and I discussed this with my fiance D, you know, if people had decent jobs, if people, people, excuse me, if people had jobs where they were making a, a, a good living wage, where they could take care of themselves and their families, it wouldn't be a lot of problems out here because you know something, when you gotta get up and take your rump to work, you know, you ain't thinking about being out in these streets acting foolish, you know? When, when you got a job that's got benefits and you can take care of yourself and your family, the last thing you thinking about doing is being out in the streets late at night, you thinking, well, I gotta get my rump home because I gotta get up and go hit it in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And we need to off, open up some of these YMCAs that, and YWCAs that we're turning around and closing. Children need to have an alternative. They need an outlet. They need some place where they can go and feel safe and feel okay to be themselves. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say that they get into gangs and whatnot because they ain't got no family. And they feel like they ain't got nothing to do at home. And we got to stem that tide, y'all. We got to stem that tide. We got to really, really make a conscious effort. And you young folks too, look at here. Ain't no, ain't no shame in, in working at McDonald's or Taco Bell or things like that. You got to start somewhere. And you know, if, you, if that one job ain't paying you enough money, get a second job. Do what you have to do to keep yourself off them streets. Because see, believe it or not, one way or another, you're going to work. Because if you get in Mr. Charlie's prison sit system, you're going to be working for next to nothing. So you might as well be working on the outside and got a little freedom along the way. You know, find other things to do. You know, channel that energy, take some classes, take a job training course. It's plenty to do out here. You know what I'm saying? Ganging up and, and, and all of that and, and wanting to be a hootlum, that's the easy way out. And I'm gonna tell you something, I, I, I'm 57 years old. And I do not know many retired hootlums, many retired thugs. You know, the only place I know is that they, they have a perfect senior home. It's called the prison system. And do, is that where you want to spend your life? Come on now. I had a friend tell me once he wrote his cousin and was telling his cousin about, you know, the, the, the trials and tribulations of his life. And his cousin wrote him back and said, man, I wish I had your problems. You know what I'm saying? 
It always, the grass looks greener on the other side. You know, the TV makes being a hootlum and, and being a thug and a gangster, it makes all that crap look glamorous. But at the end of the day, it's not. You know, I've always told my son, I say, on TV, man, when that judge sentences you to life in prison, the director says, cut. But see, it's not that way once you go downtown to the county to the real deal. You know, when you shooting at people, you know, drive-bys and whatnot on TV, after that, the director says, cut. And they take all the exploding stuff off and everything else, and they go home. But it's not that way in real life. It's not that way. And come on, people, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. I know it sounds like a broken record, and but I'm going to keep on saying it until it sticks. Brothers. Raise your children. Sisters, raise your children. Stop worrying about being in the club, popping your fingers and shaking that A-double-S. Stop worrying about hanging on the corner with, with your boys and being hard. Because you know what? You hard when you done paid the rent and the mortgage. You hard when you done paid the car note. And you done paid the bills, you know what I'm saying? You hard when you done went to the grocery store and that Frigidaire is full. You hard when you done paid the light bill, gas bill, water bill, cable bill. And then you done still broke your significant other off and like, here baby, that's when you hard. Walking around looking like you gotta go to the bathroom and can't find one and cause you got a pistol in your belt, that don't make you hard. That makes you a clone. You just like everybody else. And at the end of the day, that don't mean nothing because just like you strapped, somebody else strapped, you know? And at the end of the day, y'all be killing each other over the most stupidest of stuff, stuff that you could walk away from. We don't need that, y'all. We don't need that. Serious business. Wake up, people. Stop all this craziness, stop the madness. Stop giving these ignorant people fuel for their fire. Stop giving them a reason to, to think that we a joke. We gotta stop all of that, seriously. You know, I grew up in the 60s, and back then we was, the, we was at the, the height of the civil rights era. And, and we were faced with the aftermath of losing Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy, you know what I'm saying, and Malcolm X. But back then, people were tight. People looked out for each other. Come on, we got to get back to that, y'all. We got to get back to that. You know, not to go off script, but the other day, I came off my clutch too fast and my car stalled out on me. And I saw something that really reaffirmed my faith in human nature. Me and my kids, we counted the number of cars that stopped to ask us if we were okay. And we counted at least 10 people. And you know, it warmed my heart to, to be able to let my children see that there are decent people out here. We gotta get back to that. We really do, because at the end of the day, y'all, it's all about love. Seriously, it is all about love and, and loving each other. Because there's this one lady that was on Facebook, and she said it. It's not about the black race, the white race, the blue race. 
It's about the human race. You know what I'm saying? We are all people. We are all children of God. And we got to start loving on each other and, and doing how the Lord wanted us to do. Because this ain't what's happening. And in case y'all haven't noticed, there's a pandemic going around that's taking people all the way out of here. Now, that's hard. You know what I'm saying? That's hard. You know what I'm saying? Because that pandemic ain't going to do no lockup. And it's still killing people. And check it, y'all. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Do the social distancing. Because guess what? Six feet apart is a hell of a lot better than six feet under. You know what I'm saying? Because people are getting this, and every day there are newfound symptoms that people don't know about. So we got to, you, come on, y'all. We got, we got to educate ourselves. We got to stay ready because this pandemic is no joke. This pandemic is no joke, y'all. Seriously, you know, we, we, we got to look out for one another. We got to make sure we clean and whatnot. Make it do what it do. I know it's an inconvenience and all of that, but I would rather quarantine and just go out when I need to go out than have to be in the hospital and check it. Y'all, hospitals are full, almost full to capacity. They almost, they running over, y'all. So we got to, you know, we got to, do, we got to, drastic times call for drastic measures. You know what I'm saying? We got to quarantine. We got to, you know, keep our hands clean. We got to wear masks when we out in public. Because it's surprising to me. I still see a lot of people out here that's not wearing their mask. And that's sad. You know what I'm saying? You may not care, but you could be making somebody else sick or you could be getting yourself sick. Look at all those people in Texas in Florida, in Oklahoma, who were out and about, you know, and not social distancing, and now it spikes again. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 it's, it's rising in all those cities. So, and the only reason that's happening is because we chose not to do what was right and what was prudent. We gotta, we gotta always look out for us, y'all. Human nature, you got to look out for you and yours. You know what I'm saying? I make sure my children, when they leave the house, they have their mask. When they come back in, they wash their hands. We gotta do what we gotta do to stay alive, y'all. Self-preservation, baby, is rule number one. Serious business, self-preservation, you know? And just like I said, people, stop killing each other. Love on each other. Because the one beautiful thing that has come out of the death of Brother George Floyd, Sister Brianna Taylor, Philando Castro, excuse me if I mispronounced his name, I didn't mean to do that. But the beautiful thing that has come out of this is that people can't hide no more. It's out here in the open and people can see for themselves. So check it. We got people of all colors, races, creeds marching together for a common good. So that's a cool thing, y'all. 
Don't make people's efforts in vain because you want to be hard, because you want some street creed, because you want to be bad. Like I said earlier, my definition of bad is the bad that'll allow you to live a longer life. You know what I'm saying? Because believe it or not, when you got things to do, you don't worry about other unnecessary BS. That's just really, really, really how it is. You know what I'm saying? I got too much business of my own to be worried about somebody else's. <laughs> That's real talk. That's real talk. Growing up, I used to always hear my mother say, clean up your own house before you try to clean up mine. And what that meant was mind your own business. And a lot of people are dead. A lot of people are in jail and in hospitals because they didn't follow that tenet. Mind your own business. That's all you got to do. Now, sure enough, sometimes you just get caught on a humble. But what you got to do is, is take the precautions to make sure that you're not caught in a crossfire and caught up on something on a humble. Because people, life is precious. And we got to learn to live this life. We've got to learn to enjoy this life. Because we only get one shot at this, y'all. We only get one shot at this. And one thing that we have to do, and people think I'm crazy for saying it, but we got to put God back into our life too. You know what I'm saying? You got to put God back into your life. Because I'm thankful every day that when my children leave this house, when my fiance leaves, when I leave, I'm thankful that we always leave and we make it back. You know what I'm saying? And with God in your life, that's, that's, that's that ace in the hole. That's that ace up your sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Because the good Lord going to make sure you're all right. But you got to believe. You know what I'm saying? You got, you, gotta, you, you got to sit down with your family. Go to church. Watch it online. Pray together. You know, that's why a lot of this is happening. This is God's way of trying to get our attention. It's, and, and, and believe me, he got mine. Because every day you turn on the TV, that death rate is just climbing, 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 and climbing. And yo, this is serious business. This is serious business. Y'all got to forgive me. I know I'm all over the place today. But some days I just want to just talk to y'all and just give it to you just how I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? And right about now, people, we just got to check ourselves. We, we, we just got to just rip, do, do what's important. I don't want my, kid, my son or my daughter looking at me and, and, and thinking to be out here fighting and carrying on. I don't want them to see that that's the life that they should live. I want nothing but, but blue skies, fair winds, and following seas for my children. Unfortunately, it's not going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have bumps in the road. But see, as a parent, people, it's your job to help them get around the bumps in the road. It's your job to try to help them, you know, navigate. And that's what we've got away from. That is what we got away from. I remember growing up. I used to think my mother was just being the worst person in the world because she didn't like make us let us do a lot of things we wanted to do. 
and she made us go to church. You know what I'm saying? She made us go to church on a serious, serious regular. But at the end of the day, what I learned from her and what I learned in church has gotten me to almost 57 years old because she kept me out of trouble. Really, she did, you know? And see, I had the type of mother that getting caught by the police, that, that, that was the easy part. The hard part was gonna be when, when my mother got there. Cause see, I had one of them old school mothers and I'm sure a lot of you know about it that didn't wait to get you home. <laughs> you, got, you got a little something, something right there. You know, I was more afraid of my mother than I was of getting in trouble. And you know what? That's the way it should be, people. That's the way it should be. Like I said, it gets back to one of my points earlier. Raise your children. Teach your children. Because guess what? If you don't raise your children, teach your children, and whoop your children, guess what's happened? The streets is going to whoop them. The police going to whoop them. And they ain't going to do it with love. Because as you see already, y'all see how the police whoop you. And it's not to say that all police officers are like that. Because I've had the pleasure of working uh, with a, several off-duty cops back on when I was working my other part-time job. And some of them were the most decent, down-to-earth people. You know, and every bunch, you're going to have some bad apples. But you just can't let them bad apples spoil the whole barrel. And if you bad, if, if you handling your business and you're not proper with it, then you need to be exposed. You need to be fired the whole nine yards. Because guess what? Excuse me. At the end of the day, would you want somebody roughing up your child, killing your child, killing your, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? And we got to, we got to, come on, y'all. We have to do what's right. Really, though, we have to do what's right. There's a wrong way and a right way. That's all there is to it. Ain't, ain't no in-between. Either you do it right or you don't do it at all. Serious business. And I cannot stress enough, brothers, be there. Set an example. Set an example. You know what I'm saying? My friend told me something the other day, and it just blew my mind. He told me, he said, man, your son came and told me a long time ago. My dad, that's my hero. And that's real. That's real. Have your kids looking up to you. Not LeBron James, not Drew Brees, not Baker Mayfield. Make your children look up to you. Because I, I really see now, as a parent, my late mother worked miracles. And I don't know how she did it and made it look easy in the process. But for the last, you know, ten, uh, seven of the last 10 years, I was raising my children by myself. And I got mad respect for parents that take the time to raise their children. I got mad respect for parents whose priority is to raise their kids. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you have to be the villain. You have to tell them not only no, but hell no. 
Sometimes you got to tell them, get over there and sit your ass down. But at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep them straight, and that's what's going to keep them out of trouble. You know, lots of times, you know, we couldn't go places. And my mother's favorite thing to tell us was, I don't know nothing about them people you're trying to go hang out with. I don't know the number of times she may have saved me from calamities. But now I understand because I get a vibe as a parent myself. And I'll tell my children, no, I don't think you should be doing that. No, 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 no. You know, so we got to we got to do what we got to do. And, you know, I came across a quote on Facebook from a Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. And I quote, we're the only people on the entire planet who have been taught to sing and praise our demeanment. I'm a bitch, I'm a hoe, I'm a gangster, I'm a thug, I'm a dog. If you train people to demean and degrade themselves, you can oppress them forever. You can even program them to kill themselves and they won't even understand what happened. And suffice to say, people, I think that's real. That is real. You know, I was on the, uh, my good friend John Robert Duesenberry's podcast a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I, I mentioned that. I said, when Robert Johnson sold BET to Time Warner, they sold it to, he, I mean, they, they gave him a lot of money, but they got to control the image of black that they wanted the world to see. And this is true. This, this gangster rap, this, 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 this thug culture, you know, it is doing just that. The more ignorant, the more ghetto-fying, the more vilifying it is to our brothers and sisters of color, the more it gets radio play, gets video play and airplay. You know what I'm saying? And we gotta stop all of that, you know, Rap is a creative outlet for a lot of youngsters. But check it out, young people. When, when rap first started out, it was about having a good time at the party. It was about having a good time hanging out with your, with your peeps. It wasn't about calling women the B word, the H word. It wasn't about talking about shooting somebody and all of that. All it was talking about was having fun. And we got to get back to that because, you know, check it, y'all youngsters. This stuff y'all listening to today, when you get my age and you, and, and you, get, and you got responsibility and life under your belt, you're going to be looking back saying, wow, did I used to groove off of that? You know, did, did I pick my woman up calling her a bill or a hoe? Come on, y'all. And there's other alternatives, people. I mean, one of the best bands ever. Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know why I love them so much? Because 50 years later, I can still play their music and it's still talking about love. It's talking about living together as one. It's talking about harmony. You know what I'm saying? Because see, good music has no color. Good music breaks down barriers. You know what I'm saying? You, I, I went to a Whispers concert. And I saw my white brothers and sisters there with me too. 
You know what I'm saying? I go to go to uh, Night Town and hear Hub's groove, and I see my brother, my white brothers and sisters, and my Asian brothers and sisters, because see, good music bridges that gap. Good music brings us together. Good music gives us talking points. You know what I'm saying? All this hootlum and I'm bad and I'm tough and I'm this, that, and the third. That don't mean nothing. Because like I told my son and my daughter, if a lot of those lyricists did all those things that they talk about doing in that studio, it's only two places they're going to wind up. That's dead or in jail. And that's the real, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Sit back and put on a little David Sanborn every once in a while and just be like, wow. Put on a little Michael Franks, a little Ronnie Laws. You know what I'm saying? A little confunction or a little cameo. At the end of the day, all they was ever talking about was grooving, loving life, loving and making love. That's what it's about. It's enough drama in the streets already, y'all without us adding to it. You know what I'm saying? Lots of times people will hear me playing my old school and they'll be like, I grew up here and my parents listened to that. And I tell them how you think you got here. But not only that, what you don't understand, this is how your parents coped when they got home. This is, this is how they were able to recharge their batteries. You know what I'm saying? Because they was listening to some uplifting stuff. You know, not I'm going to get my gat and I'm going to shoot you and all that. So they was listening to some sounds of blackness. They was listening to some BB and CC whinings. You know what I'm saying? The whinings. You know, because we, we get our spiritual on as well as our secular groove. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it takes to calm your mind. You know, see all that I'm a hoe and, and I'm tough and I'm hard. No, because guess what? You ain't got to put that crap to music. <laughs> if you all of that, it will show. My daddy always told me, he said, Jay, if you everything that you think you are and you being true to it, you don't have to say a word. Other people will tell you. And you know what? That's the real. That is, y'all. That is the truth. If you can handle your business and carrying yourself, you don't have to advertise. You don't have to advertise. And I like nothing more when I'm rolling and kicking my old school, some Marvin Gaye, some inner city blues, you know what I'm saying, or some what's going on. And young heads roll up next to me and be like, oh, you bumping over there old school? Yeah, and I tell them, listen to the lyrics. This is back when you had to have talent. See, it seems like to me today, and this is just my opinion, mind you. But the more ignorant you are, the more that you're debasing yourself, your people, as a culture, the more it's liked. And just some things I'm just not going to do for a dollar. You know what I'm saying? I want to be somebody uplifting. And I do. It is my, it is my fervent hope and prayer that when you listen to these podcasts that I do, that you're getting something out of it. You're getting something that you can take and, and, and help you through your day. You know what I'm saying? If I can just touch one person, 
then I'll, I'll have felt like I've done my job. But seriously, y'all, we, it's just be there for each other. Encourage each other. Have each other's back. Do you know the only reason I ever even went to broadcasting school and I'm doing this now is because my lovely fiance kept me encouraged. You can do this. You can do this. And guess what? I am so glad that this is not a regret that I did not, re that, excuse me, that I get to the end of my life and regret not ever trying. Because guess what? Even if you fall flat on your face, get up off your rump and try. Make your life something different. Do you know it is so easy to be like everybody else? It really is. You know what I'm saying? Dare to be different. Dare to have the stones to say, no, I ain't with that, y'all. I'm out. See ya. You know what I'm saying? Dare to say, no, 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 that's not me. I ran into a friend a few years back, and uh, he was trying to get me to come in with him on this little, little thing he was doing. And I said, no, nah, man, I don't do that. And you know, he looked at me. He said, you know, I forgot you was a straight-ass arrow. And you know what? I wasn't the least bit offended. As a matter of fact, I was honored that you knew me 40 years ago, and, and 40 years later, I'm still the same way. And that's so cool to me. Dare to be different. Be yourself. I remember as a 13-year-old impressionable, I asked my father, I said, Dad, how do you be cool? He looked at me, he said, Jay, just be yourself. And that's real. That is real. Because see, when you be in you, either folks going to roll with you or they not. But see, when you perpetrate and faking the funk and lying about everything, you're going to have to keep lying. You're going to have to keep perpetrating. You're going to have to keep faking the funk. You're going to have to remember every piece of B BS that you done ever shot at somebody. And between you and me, that's too much work. That's too much work. And another thing, y'all, stop worrying about whether or not people accept you. Because at the end of the day, you got to like you. And if you don't like you, it don't matter how many people in the street like you. You understand me? Learn to love yourself. Learn to say, it's okay if I got to stand alone. Learn to do that. I am about to marry a very wonderful woman, and it is because I chose to be alone as, a, as opposed to lowering my standards, trying to conform to what's really happening out here in the streets. And I am so glad I stood my ground and stuck to my principles because what I, what I wanted came right along. And I have not looked look back ever since we've been together. And that's a beautiful thing. Sometimes you may feel like you're running in place, like you're struggling in quicksand, but guess what? Hold your course. Stay true to you, for real, for real. Stay true to you and who you are and what you want. And guess what? 
you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Because, see, when you work hard to get to something and to achieve something, that's what makes the success that much sweeter. Because you knew the work. You knew the sacrifice that went into getting what you want. And ain't nothing like it, y'all. Ain't nothing like it. One more again, I will say this. This COVID-19 is serious stuff, y'all. It's serious stuff. Wear your mask. Keep your hands clean. Limit contact with people. Do the social distancing thing. Do what you got to do to stay alive. Seriously, don't listen to that junk coming from that idiot in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And I must admit, I very rarely talk about a person's intellectual capacity, but I don't see how this man could be running the, the country. And on that note, we're going to talk about your president, Donald, Don Corleone Trump. Because, <laughs> I mean, watching him in office is like watching a cheap remake of The Godfather. You know what I'm saying? His conciliary, our Attorney General Bill Barr, who's supposed to be working for us, the people of the United States, he acts like he is the president's personal lawyer. He interfered in the Michael Flynn situation. He has replaced district attorneys in every district who aren't favorable to President Trump, i.e. in Washington, D.C. He replaced the district attorney in the Southern District of New York. He has replaced a district attorney and in the Eastern District of New York. He has replaced a district attorney. Come on, y'all. The handwriting is on the wall. And we're not even going to talk about how he uh, commuted Roger Stone's sentence. And the only reason he did it was because, dude, Roger Stone put it out there. I didn't turn on the president. I mean, this is getting to be more and more like a cheap remake of The Godfather. It really is. Because it's like, if he don't like you, if you don't lick his boots, you understand, it's uh, you, you are enemy. You know, never mind that we're up to over 135,000 deaths from this COVID virus that he chose to ignore for over a month while he still went golfing and going to campaign rallies so he could feed his narcissistic ego. What has he done for this country except give, uh, give tax cuts to his rich corporate friends and gone to play golf at establishments that he owns that just put money in the coffers for him, compliments of you and me, John Q. Taxpayer. You know what I'm saying? You've tried to build a wall. You have divided this country. You are the, he is the most divisive, excuse me, divisive president I've ever seen in my lifetime. 
You know what I'm saying? And I've seen my share of presidents. He has at no point throughout all of this that's going on now with, with Brother George Floyd and the protests that came out of that, at no time have I ever heard this man, and I use the term very loosely, say anything about unity or talking about love. All this all this person talks about is wanting to save Confederate statues and keep the names of Confederates on bases and whatnot. Uh, excuse me, don't you know that these people created acts of treason against the country by going to war against the country? And all for the, uh, for the right to have slaves to say you own people? Come on. We're almost in a depression. Thanks to you and because of your ineptitude, because you chose to dismantle an office that President Obama had in place to fight this very coronavirus that we're dealing with now. And let you tell it you didn't know anything about it. And let's not even begin to talk about how he is uh, Vladimir Putin's puppet. This man will not say anything disparaging about Putin. He capitulates to him whenever they're together. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 like, it's like he got something on him. It's like he got something on him. Like he got him at, I don't know what he caught him doing. But whatever it is, he, he puts on a skirt when it comes to Putin. I mean, that's the, that's the only way I can put it. Serious business, that's the only way I can put it. Here, American servicemen have lost their lives based on a bounty. And the only response that you choose to offer is that you were never briefed? Come on, I, that, that's, that is so ludicrous. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was in the Navy. Every day before noon, we had to brief the captain on what was going on on the ship every day without fail. So I know, <coughs> excuse me, that that's a load of crap he's talking, not being briefed. But then again, when you've gotten five deferments and daddy buys your way out of being drafted, you don't have a clue about the military. You know what I'm saying? You don't have a clue about the military, but you so quick to want to use them. Like when you gassed <coughs> and pepper sprayed innocent people simply because you wanted to have a photo op. And it looked like when you were holding that Bible like you were scared of it. You know what I'm saying? But people still want to follow him. He has not drained the swamp. As a matter of fact, he has built a red wood deck and put in chairs and given Russia their own, their own personal seat on the deck around the swamp. Come on, people. If the, if the last three months have not shown you how inept and ineffective Donald John Trump is as a president, 
then you don't want to see it. But to the people who have seen it and who have reached this same conclusion that I have, register. Make sure you're registered to vote. Register your children. Sit down, have discussions. Talk about it. Talk about it. And if nothing else, read a paper and spend an hour watching the news. That will, that will tell you that we need to vote. And not just getting rid of President Trump. We got to get rid of Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, and every one of those other Republican eunuchs who didn't have the, the backbone to speak up and speak out about what your president is doing because they did not want to wind up on his Twitter feed. Come on now, get rid of them. In November, I want us to be able to tell your president, you're fired. <clears throat> and all his ilk, I want to be able to tell them too, you're fired. And you know how you do that, people? Go vote. You may not think your vote matters, but it does. Go and vote. If you don't vote, you don't count. If you don't vote, then why in the hell are you giving your opinion, especially when you didn't go and vote? Because if we get four more years of Donald Trump, we might as well start learning to speak Russian. Serious business. And one other question, and I have to say I borrowed this from the late President Ronald Reagan when he was uh, debating Jimmy Carter. I must ask you this now. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Seriously, are you better off now than you were four years ago? <clears throat> I want to thank each and every one of you that have taken time to listen to me stress my opinion. If you have any questions, comments, or criticisms, please, <coughs> excuse me, please, Contact me on my Facebook page, Mr. J. Look for the classic red 1970 Cadillac Coupe DeVille convertible. When you see it, you'll see me and I'll have a hat on. That's Mr. J. I welcome your thoughts. And as always, before I leave, shout out to Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark and his lovely first lady, Pastor Lenore Marie Clark of the Body of a Christ Assembly. <clears throat> Much love to Bishop Jack Spencer, Pastor Emeritus, and his wife, Missionary Rachel Spencer of the Pilgrim Temple of God, and his new pastor, Elder Daniel Spencer, and First Lady Miss Jasmine Spencer. To you all, I say much love. Thanks, because lots of times you guys are the inspiration, <coughs> excuse me, for a lot of these podcasts. Shout out goes out to Reverend Rena Baker. Lady love, thank you for your words of encouragement. And Pastor Gloria Cheney of the Church of the Master. Much love to you all. And I would be remiss if I didn't say a much love to my future mother-in-law, Mrs. Rebecca Hogue, 86 years old and going on 25. 
I hope to God I can have your zest for life when he allows me to reach that age. To my two children, <clears throat> Jay Jones II and Natalia Desiree, like I always say, daddy is living his dream. And if you work hard, you can live yours too. I love you. And to Miss D. Williams, who's about to be Mrs. Jones, baby girl, it goes without saying. I'm here right now living my dream because you cared enough to believe in me and my dream. And I'll always love you. Much love to you, baby. And much love to you one and all. I'll see y'all in two weeks. Love you. And peace. And God be with you. Take care.